This is JFM Podcast. a beautiful morning to you. Thank you for staying with your favorite radio station, J101.9 FM. It is a brand new day. It is Monday, the first day of the work week. And of course, we cannot start Monday uh, without uh, Sunday, without going back to yesterday. Very important uh, thing happened yesterday. Father's Day uh, was celebrated yesterday to acknowledge the efforts of fathers and to thank them for their efforts as well. Uh, the contribution, the sacrifices made by our fathers in our lives uh, do not need a specific day for celebration because a father who is our role model and superhero uh, is that one special man who is a friend, a parent, a philosopher, a guide who always protects us in every phase of our lives. And our Father's Day celebrated on the third Sunday of June and uh, this year it was celebrated uh, just yesterday, 20th of June amid the pandemic while this special day is observed to celebrate the importance day, the importance of fathers and to honor the essence of fatherhood, a beautiful one uh, it was and that uh, we continue to appreciate the men out there. I mean, when you think of uh, most jobs, especially when it comes to security, it's mostly the men uh, out there, you know, risking their lives. And uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, a survey some research came out that most men do not leave uh, to see their grandchildren. On a very sad note, really, that one. And um, we also know that certain diseases get to men real quick as well. Strokes, heart diseases, I mean, when the engine of your body is affected. So please, women, uh, let's continue to bring that soft touch into uh, the lives uh, of the men in our lives. With that being said, this morning, so much to talk about. State of the nation, World Bank says Nigeria's inflation rate is fueling criminality. Panic grips parents over increasing abduction of Nigerian students by bandits. Uh, but then let's take a look at some headlines before we dig into the business of the day. IMF's 2.5% projection. Uh, analysts raise concern over insecurity with international monetary policy. Uh, IMF projecting 2.5% gross domestic product GDP growth in 2021. Analysts have expressed concern over looming insecurity that might hamper 
stability, economic stability in the country. And the IMF uh, had revised upward its growth forecast for the Nigerian economy in 2021 to 2.5% from its earlier projection of 1.5%. Uh, uh, it announced in January. And also uh, the D Director General of Lagos Chambers of Commerce and Industry, uh, Muda Yusuf, raised concern over insecurity in the country, maintaining that 2021 economic growth of Nigeria by IMF is based on assumptions. Uh, well, many times uh, we see uh, the figures, uh, government coming out to refute figures made by uh, other organizations, but uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled on this. And also uh, in the news, foreign reserves drop. Foreign reserves have dropped by 400 and $24.8 million in 10 days. The CBN is saying the Central Bank of Nigeria has said the nation's foreign reserves dropped by 424.8 million Naira in 10 days uh, to 33.79 uh, billion dollars as at June 17, 2021 from $34.22 billion it commenced in June. Uh, speaking on the decline in external reserves at the recent monetary policy committee meeting, the CBN governor Gordon Emefiele said this reflects sales to the foreign exchange market and third-party payments. Also, Serap drags FG to court over repressive order asking broadcasters to stop using Twitter. All of this and more still in the news. And uh, we also have news on security. States cry for cops, bandits change strategies and attack schools en masse. Well, this has not been funny. The Northwest states are currently battling with the problem of inadequate security agents to man schools as fears of bandits attack rise. It was gathered that rising insecurity had started having negative impacts on education system of the states with many of them shutting down schools. Uh, little wonder now with the World Bank saying this is fueling criminality. And to shed more light on all of these issues this morning, uh, we have with us Dr. Ogbenjua, PhD accounting. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you, Zoe. And uh, joining us via phone uh, will be Hamza Galadima, uh, uh, Hamza Galadima, Zuru Liberty TV and radio correspondent in KB States. Hello, Mr. Hamza, good morning. Good to have you here with us. And we also have with us this morning uh, Barrister Godfrey Matthew, who is a lawyer right here in the city of Jos. Morning, Lithuania. Good morning, Zoe. Good to have you. And we have SUG President Unit Just Danladi Dankala. Yes, good morning. Good to have you. You will be telling us what is going on concerning security, especially in the higher institutions. We've seen a lot of kidnaps uh, going on lately. Now, our state of the nation is what we're looking at. Uh, many saw that. Um, just recently, as we celebrated uh, June 12th, many are asking, are we a country at war? Uh, can we say we're a country at peace either? Because there have been so many things happening in the country uh, with the president at the center of it all. Uh, many saw, many can now say as well uh, that the president understands and he's in control of the country and he knows what is going on uh, because um, he has not in any way contradicted all that Tony General has been saying, all Garbashehu has been saying, all Lai Mohammed has said as well. Now, uh, what does that say uh, about who we have in control to assume that because he's 
he's not talking, he does not know uh, what, uh, what is going on uh, is another thing. From the speech on Democracy Day, uh, he did uh, make us see and understand uh, that you know, he does know what is going on. Uh, we also saw from that speech a gazette that calls for open grazing route. Uh, many are asking why, despite uh, the, what the Constitution and what the governors uh, have said concerning that. And what does the land use decree say as well? And uh, Barrister Godfrey Matthew will tell us all about that. After Democracy Day celebration, the week opened with Nigeria, uh, Nigerian armed forces urging uh, uh, the, the, the remains of uh, Boko Haram terrorists to surrender and embrace. Uh, we saw the GOC 7 Division, uh, Brigadier General Aitayo, Aitayo. Uh, he made uh, this uh, speech organized by the army in Meduguri, and he appealed, uh, that, uh, which appeal, of course, we've seen even Godwin and Mefe, they come out to appeal to these bandits, uh, to Boko Haram, to tell them to stop disturbing the nation, uh, owing to how much uh, this effect is having on security. But we can see that the appeal may not have traveled as far because we've seen over 30 people were killed in a Borno village, necessitating uh, a rare state visit by President Muhammadu Buhari to Borno, during which he stopped over at the Meimalari cantonment, uh, where he interacted with troops of Operation Hadenkai. At the ceremony uh, in Meimalari, President Buhari uh, urged the Nigerian army not to give breathing space to terrorists and criminals. And uh, still, on the contrary, again, the Chicago faction, I beg your pardon, has regrouped, announcing the emergence of a new leader, Bakura Modu, within weeks after the demise of the dreaded leader, Abubakar Shekau. Now, uh, how far can these government efforts and interactions go uh, to calm the frayed nerves in the country? Parents are uncertain. Parents are unsettled in Kebbi, in Niger, in Kaduna states, in the north uh, because of the high rate of kidnappings. Uh, this morning we'll be taking a critical look at the whys of all of these happenings. And, um, while the World Bank has identified Nigeria's hyperinflation rate as the reason for criminality. And uh, to talk all about this this morning, let's start with you, uh, Dr. Obenjua. Um, the World Bank uh, in 2019, uh, the World Poverty Clock put the number of people living in extreme poverty in Nigeria at 77.9 million or 39% of the population, while the country's total population stood at 199 million. Now, by 2020, the number of people living in extreme poverty had jumped to 84.8 million, representing 41% of the population. And uh, in citing these facts, just to compare it with uh, the World Bank concerns that criminality is fueled by inflation, uh, how can we reconcile this with the government's position during President Muhammadu Buhari's Democracy Day speech that uh, it has lifted millions of Nigerians out of poverty? Thank you, Zoe. As a matter of fact, the, as at May ending 2021, the World Bank figure for uh, people living in extreme poverty in Nigeria has grown to 60%. Uh, that tells you that majority of Nigerians are living in extreme poverty. When we talk about extreme poverty, it's um, a situation where the person is living a residual life. He's not living as a human being. He's living on, as a scavenger in the society. That is what extreme poverty is all about. So, you see, the poverty index of the World Bank of $1 per day is, um, is, is, has been made nonsense by the experience of Nigerians. Almost ni all Nigerians live, almost all Nigerians live below $1 per day. However, as it is, 
the, the, the fact remains that the statistics we are getting from MBS are not representative of empirical reality. Because if we actually factor in uh, some of the real-life experiences of Nigerians today, you discover that what we are talking about inflation rate is far, far more than the figure we are getting from the MBS. Uh, World Bank has spoken, and it's in tandem with the reality we see in the street. Uh, I don't know. Zoe, if you've gone to the market of late, hmm. beans is averaging about 900 per mudu. And some of these reality are not factored. We do know that statistics is a problem in our society, in our client. And so it, it, Nigerians are really, really not surviving. A lot of people are dying from poverty. Poverty induces a lot of uh, diseases and infections. And if you go to the clinics, you see our clinics are jam-packed. All the cardiology clinics, the, uh, uh, the intestinal uh, problems, the diabetic clinic, all of them are jam-packed. All these are induced by poor feeding, poor feeding. Nigerians are living in extreme poverty. They reconciling the statement of the uh, president is a political statement, and the political statement does not capture the reality. Uh, they are living in affluence, and so they do not know what is happening. And even when they do know, they want to color it for the international society to see to see less of what we are going through. Nigeria is in a crisis moment, Zoe. Hmm. Um, Barrister Godfrey, what is your take on the current situation in the country? How has it been surviving? Frankly speaking, I will align myself with the learned doctor. The reference to the relationship between crime and the illegality alleged by World Bank is not far-fetched. It's a reality that we are, we are facing in Nigeria. You know, in criminologists, in criminologists studies, they will tell you that uh, there's what we call the conflict theory that seeks to study this relationship between the economic factor and the crime. And if you look at the fact that it's reflecting in Nigeria today, inflation, unemployment, uh, lack of payment of salaries on time, delayed payment of salaries, and most of those things have one way or the other that it contributed to the rate of criminality. A typical example I would cite is maybe talk about public officer who has not been paid. How would you expect him to exhibit integrity? A judicial officer who has not been paid, how do you expect him to exhibit integrity? So that goes to the ball of adding to the crime rate. Now, let me let me even give you this uh, typical example. I know in, our, in basic uh, commercial law, the way they will tell, they tell us is that if you are assessing inflation, you look at certain indices. You look at the consumer price index. That's the market situation of the price like the doctor in the market. How are they? Typical example is cited. I learned that pure water now in some states is 20 naira. I, mm -hmm. I have not seen that one, but others have said it. Now this is what. Then you talk about the wholesale price index. The, what are the financial engagement, the level of the price from the production, from the manufacturing production, wholesale, retail, down to the consumption level. These are the things that you will analyze. And I can, you can agree with me that these things are not there. Now comparing the inflation rate, I would, I would like Nigerians to also do their independence studies, go and compare the inflation rate with the global crime rate we are having now. If you remember when in 2014, 2015 we are having single digit inflation, single digit inflation in 2015, mm. but in 2016 up to now we are having about, I think by now we have about 15 point something percent mm. inflation rate. I'm not using NBA statistics like mm. you said, I'm using the, the, the World Bank. Now you bring it also and compare it in terms with the, with the global crime index. You will see that Nigeria 
is ranging as of number 17 in the index while in 2014 nigeria is ranging is, is, is rated as number seven seven down 11 we are still going on digit numbers so you can compare this analysis between the inflation rate and the global crime index rate you will really agree with the marxist theory that there is a relationship between economic factors and crime mm. now these are some of the issues that i think nigerian government is faced thank you tackling. so much now joshua danladia dankala you are the sug president university of jaws how are students coping uh, with the present economic situation okay um thank you very much um you know um our issues as student is always a, a special case mm. yes knowing um fully well that we are vulnerable in all circumstances um because of the nature of the country um when we talk about um inflation um deterioration in purchasing power mm. when there, there's a deterioration in purchasing power take away morality there's a high chance of criminality in mm. all um, cases even outside the society um, students are not different they are humans too and then when we come to school we leave our parents we are just there alone you find out that um, we don't earn salaries and even if we earn salaries we know the Nigerian uh, salary system everything is fixed and then you have prices going very high you know our common food is uh, this gari and then we know the price of gari now hmm. so students are not getting it easy at all hmm. when it comes to the the situation in nigeria students are not getting they are not finding things easy at all and then coming to um talk about the the level of insecurity has made things so difficult for Nigerian students, especially those uh, in tertiary institutions where we have left our states, people from Lagos, people from Delta, coming here to study, and then um, they are faced with these kind of things. And no so, one to turn and to. And no one to turn to. Thank you so, so much. Now, Mr. Hamza Galadima. Yeah. Yes, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us this morning, all the way from Kebi State, uh, from your correspondent with Liberty Radio and TV. Okay, um, now we've heard that more students of FGC Yauri. Yeah, thank you. We've heard that more students of FGC Yauri have been rescued. What is going on in the Northwest concerning schools being targets for kidnapping? Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Uh, like you have heard. Hello, yes, I can hear you. Okay, go I ahead. Say, yes, there are more students coming out or being rescued mm. from the bandits then, uh, like you have heard. It's true. And uh, what's really going on? Hmm. There has been quite a number of kidnappings from uh, schools, particularly in Kankara uh, and now in Kebi. Uh, and uh, but earlier you asked the question who should be responsible mm. before i come to what is really happening uh who is responsible for security sorry you asked that question but but the question we should all be asking is who should be responsible like in the case of kepi now what's happened in the past few days was a pointer that it is not the federal government's sole responsibility to take charge because when the students were kidnapped from yawuri and uh, uh, taken into the bush, it was the governor himself who led the security forces, the army, the police. The so if every governor would do this, the bandits will be a thing of the past. Now, coming back to 
Some they get, they use to purchase more weapons. More weapons, more weapons. Yes, they kidnap, uh, and uh, after when you pay them money, they buy more weapons. They pay their foot soldiers their salaries. Okay. And they, they steal cattle, and and they, they do the same thing. All right. You said something now that um, not only should the federal government be involved in this, but also the state uh, governments as well at the state level. Yes. Now, how secure are the schools, especially in the northwest, knowing that it's a hotbed for kidnappers, for bandits? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, honestly, to be sincere, the schools in the northwest are not secure. We have we have we have schools that are far off from uh, civilization. We have schools that sometimes are about two, three, four, five kilometers from towns or villages, and and so you need we need more security. Like in the case of uh, Yawuri, the Beni Yawuri FGC, mm. uh, when when the government and the security agencies got a hint that there was going to be an attack, so few weeks ago, and uh, they contemplated putting up the examination, but then they said, okay, let's put in more. Uh, uh, security and they drafted in a unit of 22 police uh, mobile police special squad mm. into the school and, and I can tell you it was what made uh, the kidnap so difficult for uh, the bandits because they could have taken more children mm. uh, the, the, the policemen fought them gallantly one of them lost their lives mm. uh, because we uh, I went there and I met uh, an eyewitness, a woman who was there to supply, to bring food for her child who was uh, writing an exam. And then she said she saw the policeman killing three of the bandits hmm. before he ran out of ammunition and was shot. Hmm. Wow. So they knew the school was guarded, but they still had the infantry uh, to confront the security right there on ground. So how is this affecting the education system, the school calendar, and what is the implication or the overall implication of learning in Nigeria's north uh, where we're already lagging behind educationally? Uh, honestly, because we hear a lot of schools are shutting down and parents are withdrawing their children from school. Yes, the implication, uh, looking at it from all angles, is very grim. Mm. Uh, uh, the education in Nigeria now, uh, to me, has a very poor and bad future. 
sorry to say this because you there are so so many parents like you said who would not who would rather keep their children at home than to send them to school considering what is happening and because they consider nowhere safe enough hmm. uh, for for their child to go to school so what all we need to do is or what the government need to do is now before i mean the security in all the schools and we can do that but with the uh, level of our security uh, i mean the number of our security agents agents we can't do that because they are too inadequate we need to recruit more police we need to recruit more uh, uh, military personnel and, and just like the idea of uh, the idea they have been muting these days uh, of uh, drafting every graduate who wants to go into the NYC into the military is good but then we, we, we need to look at uh, how uh, these schools are being left alone without anybody. Sometimes you go to these schools and you meet only uh, the civilian security guard, mm. uh, two or three of them, without police. All right, so what is the mood like in Kebi at the moment after this kidnap? Uh, yes, the mood here in Kebi at the moment, honestly, is that of uh, a surprise. People were surprised that the government, a government, could act in this proactive manner. Uh, that was why, so a few days ago, hunters from all over the state came out and said, okay, we're here. Since you said you are state, you can do it, we're here to help simple. you. Because what really happened was, in uh, in the case of Yawuri, what really happened was when the bandits uh, picked up these children and ran into the bush, uh, the military came from Kwantabora, uh, and on the other side, the military from Brinikebi also followed. But, uh, I mean, okay, the local vigilantes in Zuru local government, uh, the course of local government, were the ones that uh, refused the bandits exit from Kebi into uh, Zafora State. So they engaged them hmm. before the military met up with them. So you see, if we can have coordinated efforts between military, the police, and uh, the, the military, I mean, local vigilantes, we, 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 the bandits will be a thing of our past. Wonderful. You, you said know, the, the, the government of the day in Kebi State has been very proactive, but what would be more proactive, securing the schools or going after the bandits after the kidnap has happened? No, listen, securing the school is the most important thing first. But if in the case of isolated uh, cases where uh, we have bandits coming in into isolated villages, picking maybe individuals, not even school children, then we need to have pro-action from government, the agencies. Yeah, we, 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 uh, we, that is what will give people the confidence to send their children to school. That is what will make people feel, yes, we have someone who, if something happens, can stand up for us. But so are, are schools still open right now this Monday morning in Kebi State? Schools in the city or schools in the outskirts of town? All over Kebi State, schools are open. Mm. All over Kebi State, both in the cities, in the villages. There is no single school shut down in Kebi. Okay. Uh, I think uh, well, what the government did was, uh, apart from the police, and the military, like I told you, the vigilante came, the hunters, local hunters, mm. came in and he said, okay, I've accepted your uh, proposal to me to join the fight. Please go and protect our, our schools. And they are all over the states. All you know, right. we have them all over the states. Uh, Kebi is a, more or less a farming and a hunting state. So mm. we have hunters 
all over the state. And there's one thing uh, I think the government considered. You know, uh, KB, as a farming state, has no any other source of revenue. Hmm. So, so if they allow the bandits now to... to Overrun uh, the, the state. The just about falling in now, and mm. uh, uh, the farming season will start. So if they allow the bandit to stop that, uh, this year's farming season, man, KB will, 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 will be uh, uh, in a quagmire in a few months' time. So that was why I believe both the people and their government stood up, and, and, and I think they are winning the war. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Hamza. Uh, do stay with us. The conversation continues. Um, still talking about our insecurity, Dr. Benjua. What is your take so far on what uh, the radio and TV correspondent from Kebi State has just revealed? Yeah, the, um, what's going on in Kebi is cherry news. Mm. Uh, however, I want to say this. I don't know who is afraid of uh, state policing. Um, from the First Republic, I remember the Serge Awolowo had canvassed for state police. Somehow you always hear this uh, narrative, Nigeria is not right for state policing. I don't know what that language meant. Mm. Uh, there's no democracy anywhere, no federalism, where the state is helpless. Now, when you blame other governors and you put the buck at the table of the governor, is the governor in charge of the security? No. The answer is no. So if there is an isolated initiative and he got a good uh, relationship and um, cooperation from the security, good enough. It cannot be generalized. We cannot forget in a hurry what happened in Dogonahawa, mm. where the sitting governor will call the GOC that this is the information I have received. Please mobilize your people. And the GOC will snub him mm. and Dogonahawa was wiped out. Mm. No consequences. Nobody was held responsible. The GOC was right because he is not responsible to this the state governor. Mm. No state governor is in charge of any security apparatus in Nigeria. I must get this thing right. We must call a spade a spade. Zoe, we're living in a technological age. You know very well that issue of banditry, terrorism, and whatsoever has been handled in Nigeria with kiss globes. We are playing to the gallery in this country because you do know very well that common satellite can pick them wherever they are. Mm. If you strike in a city, in a, in a civilized climb, if a, a gangster strikes somewhere, within 24 hours, the pictures are in the, in the internet. Mm. The pictures are on the televisions. They are declared wanted because there are cameras everywhere. They say, what's the use of satellite? The satellites are there that can view all these things in the bush. I was talking here the other time. An American citizen was speaking in Nigeria and brought to Nigeria. Mm. Within 24 hours, he was rescued. Mm. What was it? They saw it. And Nigerian government sees it. Let's tell, tell us every truth. They are running away from the reality. The security is a failure of the federal government. Hmm. All right, uh, Barrister Godfrey. I think squarely, like he said, the paradigm of social contract between Nigerian citizens and government, it is the sole responsibility of the government, federal government specifically, to protect Nigerians. Why federal government? It holds power, it holds power in the center, it refuses to decentralize state policy. Mm -hmm. Apart from that, like I used to say here, the regional constitution of 1963 made certain provisions that empowered the state to a certain extent to defend itself. But this Nigerian democracy from 1999 is anti-state. More power is held. And now one of the issues that we must tell ourselves the truth is that I don't think Nigeria should, should shift the responsibility to state governors. How many schools will our Nigerian, will Nigerian army or police be manning? 
look at the population index between Nigerian citizens and the army. Mm. That's why we say decentralize so that they can have power to work, to copy it. It won't be a problem when we decentralize power. All right, let's take some phone calls. The phone lines are open 090 in four places, 99 and 090 988 You can also find us on facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss. Let's talk this morning. Let's know your opinion on the state of the nation concerning inflation fueling criminality and also kidnappings going on uh, in our schools. Hello and good morning. Yeah, good morning, Zoe. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Daliatom from Trade Center. Daliatom from Trade Center. Let's talk. Good morning, uh, the guests in the house. You see, actually, uh, the way our leaders are leading this country, solution has been proper. But what are they with to put those solutions into action? This is the question. There are so many solutions. Uh, if had it been this the way Nigeria was before they came on board, then how uh, uh, will they, how will they handle it now? So I'm talking much. directly to our leaders as your guests has analyzed so many things, very vital things. And this is a call that they should listen. And if they do not listen after their time, then they will know that this is what has been going on. Thank you so and much. We appreciate. Hello and good morning. Hello, good morning, Sir Machunga. Good morning. Emeka, I'm calling from Tamina. Emeka from Tamina. Well, your guests have said it, especially the one you called from KB State. Whether we like it or not, you can't bring a policeman, a security man from far place to come and secure an environment that is not conversant with. It is impossible. Every crime is local. When you find a vigilante or a hunter going. Hello, Hello? When you find a vigilante or a local hunter going after this bandit, because they know they're in. So the government should accept the fact that every crime is local and you need people. That is why we have been talking about state police. You can, you can only secure this country where you have people who are conversant with the, uh, with the situation. That is just it. I don't know whether we need to sing these phrases to the, to the federal government to understand their problem. That is another way of addressing this issue. Our inflation rate, whether you like it or not, they are, the government will keep on saying people are out of uh, poverty or whatever. Thank you very much, Emeka. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Yes, my name is Obina. I'm calling from Bukuru. Obina from Bukuru. Let's talk. Thank you. Uh, I want to appreciate the man from KB State. He made a vital point. Why not declare these people terrorists? Because these people, this Boko Haram and this swap, are using them as a means of funding their terrorism act. Because maybe there is no foreign uh, donors to support them. Now they are going local. Now my question is, why is there, there is no intelligent gathering in this country? How does these people operate? They use bikes. And they need to fuel these bikes. Can't they devise a means to put trackers in those bikes? Intelligent gathering is what is failing in our country. In this country, I believe there is drones. And what is the work of drones? A drone can dictate... In fact, within 24 hours, it can give us the landmarks of love to state. 
what is what is wrong with our government? We are in the 21st century. These wars, they need to find it no longer analog, but digital. What am I trying to say? They should devise a name, intelligent gathering. These people are coming. They eat. Who supply them with food? Who supply with them with food? These are things they need to come up with, and they tackle these things. Thank you very much, Mr. Obina. We appreciate your input. Looks like technology uh, must be included in this fight uh, against terrorism, and of course, uh, calling these people by the exact name of what they are—terrorists. Because I mean, they've succeeded in going to schools. Just what Boko Haram's agenda is about. Boko Haram were against Western education, and they are going to all the schools uh, to cause some kind of mayhem and in fact loss of lives as well well um hello mr hamza are you still with us hello mr hamza oh dear okay um let's 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 okay did you did you get some of the comments made by the callers yes i did although the network uh, is very poor here because we're just about to have rain here now oh dear uh, i didn't get i didn't get to hear most of the comments uh but by the way, I, I was able to grab some few from the last caller. No, go ahead, please. Uh, when, yes, when he was uh, talking about the coordination between government and, and uh, local uh, vigilantes, if, mm. if, if that's what he said. Yes. Uh, now, uh, one will wonder why are all state governments not keen in? Yes, of course. Security, national security, is the responsibility of the federal government. But then you have someone at the local level, that is the state's level, who should take charge. Now, if there is coordination between the military, the police here, we have a commissioner of police and we have a, a, a military cantonment at state levels. Now, you see, in the case of KB, I always refer to KB because it's a classical case. In the case of KB, uh, just some few months ago, that the government said, okay, come, tell me, what are your needs? We told the military. They said, okay, we need bikes because these guys are on bike and they, 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 they go into where places where we cannot access with our big vehicles. He said, okay, come. And he supplied them about 500 bicycles, large bicycles, just being like the ones being used by Boko Haram. Mm. And then he did the same for the police. Mm. Then he did the same for the vigilante. Now we have mobile units that can add a, add a go. And another thing one of the callers said was to be able to put trackers on these bikes that they give to these bandits who de who make demands as a form of intelligence gathering. You can put all the trackers you need, but then if you don't need the, 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 uh, this thing in the bird, uh, you, you, can't, you can't get them. Why? Because these are people, some of them are not from Nigeria. Hmm. 80% of the bandits I've seen who were captured or killed are not from Nigeria. So why has the Nigerian government not gone to meet uh, the, the governments of these countries where they come from to have a sit-down, to have a talk with them? Hello? Can Hello. You, can you go again? Yes, I said, why has the government of Nigeria not gone to meet the governments of these countries to find out what the problem is and how they can stem these people and stop them from coming into Nigeria? You know, they, 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 uh, I think the, 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 the 
Oh dear, the network isn't good anymore. Uh, I'm afraid we have to cut this call. All right, gentlemen in the studio, please no. let's yeah. carry on. Enjoy it. Good morning. Thank you very much. Let's do it. Oh, all right, Mr. Hamza. All right, go ahead. Uh, the, the whole thing is um, okay. So what? what, what? Go on. When the federal government adduced to the fact that the terrorists are not Nigerian, is so laughable. Hmm. What happened to your immigration policy? You admit that your country had been porous, vandalized, ravaged by foreigners, and there's nothing you can do about it. <clears throat> and when somebody talks about the initiatives of the governors, I want to take exception, very strong exception to that, to that fact. You do know we have an precar case of Governor Ton sending a bill to the House of Assembly of the state banning open grazing. The federal government security system has failed to implement, to enforce that law to today. And the governor is in the eye of the storm. But we are also witnesses of the fact that Kanu state government some years ago passed a law against alcohol, running of beer palo and whatsoever. And the federal security system enforced it. They arrest people and take to his back court. So you see, where you have the governor limping as the chief security officer in his state, and he becomes a, a figure of ridicule, then you just, you, you just know the reality that the federal government is in charge of security and you cannot share that responsibility. If you institutionalize the issue of uh, uh, um, um, hunters, vigilantes going after Boko Haram, now tell me, Zoe, who pays, who indemnifies when they are killed in the bush? Mm. They are not on any payroll of any government. So these are initiatives that are very risky. And then you have the institution of government passing the buck. And we say, look, you do this, you do that. Why the institution of government now fame helplessness? I want to believe that the federal government is not helpless. As far as the security challenge of Nigeria is concerned, the federal government is not helpless. As it's been painted, it's not helpless. We can see the muzzle and the flexing in the southeast. We can see what happened in Imo. We see what happened in Oweri. We see what happened in Olu. We hear of the Operation Python Dance. We saw what happened in Umwahia. We know what happened there. The federal government showed, the security system showed their full might, their full power. And that group was declared in a, a terrorist organization. So we, the, the federal government is not helpless as to say we share the responsibility with the state. No. I think the state government yeah. are not in charge. The governors are not in charge of security. They have no power. They don't have one single power. Mobilizing vigilantes from the villages to go into the bush to face superior weapons from this terrorist organization is ridicule. And then finally, when we talk about then localizing and buying weapons, the, 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 the bandits, as they want them to be called, the Boko Haram, the ice swipe, they kidnap people, they get weapons. Up to now, they get funding. And then we wonder, what is the registration of our bank account for? Mm. What is the CBN doing? They get funding. And aside from that, even if they localize their operation to only raising money within the country and buying weapons, where are they buying the weapon from? Where is the weapon coming from? Zoe, AK-47 is not needed. 
All right, um, Barrister Godfrey, what can the Senate do in your view and the arguments about grazing routes? Is that the right decision at this time? See, this government is full of uh, a lot of machination and chicanery, dividing people's attention from the, pri- from the priority that needs exactly. to be addressed. Now, let me be honest with you. I don't subscribe to the fact that you need to proscribe them as terrorists. I don't belong to that school of thought. Okay. Do your work as officers, okay, as military officers, impartially, and they will, you, they will not even get any recognition as a unit. Now, apart from that also, we are asking ourselves, the Federation in Nigeria is paradoxical. What is the issue now? You are paying these people security votes. You are holding them accountable to. Yet, in actual sense, they don't have the security power. Mm. Look at the issue you are talking about now. Talk about the IGP, Commissioner of Police now. is even subject to the Inspector General of Police than the Governor. The Police Act that came out in 2020 appeared to say it provides for community policing. But what is there? They say the Governor is member, but he's still liable to the what? The Inspector General of the Police. How far have we gone? Now, when you brought in this issue, like you said, and I'm also an a I advocate for that. Let there be fairness in dispensation of the security function. Why is it that Nigerian army, when it comes to the southern part of the country, they are Hannibal? But when it comes to the northern Nigeria, they are Mahatma Gandhi. And so we say, why not like this? Be late now. We know Nigeria and when we are growing up that go to the index, you will see global firepower. Nigerian army is ranked among one of the three, five. After Egypt, South Africa, we are ranked in the international. Why then at home? That got to tell you that there is a conspiracy within the cycle mm-hmm. that we cannot address these issues. He raised certain issues, makes certain issues about this. Let's get this thing clear. Who, why, why are we afraid of the state policing? Why? Why is it that we are now saying we, our military officers are overstretched? So what is your expectation of the Ninth Assembly right now? The Ninth Assembly should be issues that have to do with security should be their utmost priority. Issue of gagging press by big is not a priority now. Mm. Issues of making rules about grass, uh, grazing route is not a, is not grazing route is not reflected in the north in the southern Nigeria. When it comes with the colonial heritage because of the indirect rule and the influence the people were able to get it around the northern protectorate. It has not escalated up to even local here up to this. So why do they want to resuscitate a thing that is not needful now? Is this exacerbating the national insecurity or is it uh, 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 deteriorating it? So these are some of the issues that they should should focus at. Issues that will alleviate the poverty in the country, issues that will improve security. That is what the government promised All right, Joshua Danladi Adankala, SUG President, how secure is University of Jaws currently? Mm -hmm. What kind of security do you have on ground as students? (laughs) When you ask me this question, (laughs) the questions sound funny when I just think about the, the nature and the situation of University of Jaws. Um, University of Jaws is a federal institution, but I want to assure you that as I'm talking to you now, University of Jaws is not properly fenced. Mm. University of Jaws is not properly fenced. And a um, few weeks ago, the university was uh, shut down. Academic activities and hostels were closed as a result of insecurity. And just some weeks ago, we resumed. And this was because we were supposed to, the, the school was supposed to make arrangement for a formidable security architecture. And that now we are back. And now we are back. Now we are back and it, it, it's very funny seeing that things are just normal the, the way, same the same way. If not because of the kind of vice chancellor we, we, we had 
who is going out now, his tenor has just elapsed, he's going, if not because of him making local arrangement with the vigilante to come on ground to mm. be in the school, I, I believe by now... So then why nothing, did they send you guys home or why did they shut down? That's the question. Wow. So um, the thing I, will, I will want to say something about in this priority of a thing, mm. the thing is that um, the government is priori uh, prioritizing issues that are not even that important. Mm. Trivial issues are being prioritized. How can you um, talk about insecurity um, when, when there's an uh, emergency report about an attack, then it's taking you a longer time to report to that place. But when there's a threat that people will protest, mm. then before that time you see security everywhere. everywhere because of what? Just protest that is lawful. Now, right. when, when, when the school was closed, students wanted to protest. So a day that the rumor came that students wanted to protest, there was no security at all, nothing, because the school was closed. But when students protesting were threatening to protest, the next day, I, security was everywhere. So heavily armed men everywhere. Mm. Now, the priority is what? They want to, is governance is content. Yes, governance is content. We are tired of noise. You want to make a good name while the content is empty. It's Thank a problem. Thank you so much for that. Let's take some more phone calls. Hello and good morning. Good morning, Zoe. Thank you for joining us. Your name? Uh, this is Ajusa uh, from Studio. Mr. Judsat, go ahead. My sister and uh, my brother in the studio, the government have lost it all in terms of security. And let me tell them, and this was why we are both taken to power. Without security, honestly speaking, without the campaign about security issues, they will not be there. But when, what, what is wrong with them? You understand what they will do to make Nigeria better? They will put shooting, shooting people. Are we? God bless you, my people. Well, thank you so much. Even though we didn't get the best of your input, um, now, uh, Mr. Um, Dr. Benjua, uh, insecurity typically leads to high prices, productivity decline, and uh, demand outstrips supply. And uh, we definitely will have inflation. Now, does this mean that the president is out of touch with reality, or he just reads speeches, or you know whatever it is he had said? And uh, on the way forward, now, does this administration require an overhaul of its economic team? That is, uh, with uh, security, production becomes expensive. Of course, some say uh, the way to defeat this is by defeating security. But many say the biggest problem facing Nigeria is insecurity. No matter what infrastructure you deliver, uh, we are approaching the level of a failed state. There is no sign of civil authorities in many communities because bandits and Boko Haram are running riot. So uh, do we need to overhaul uh, the economic team? Yeah, the economic team of uh, this present administration is um, anything but confused. Mm. Because what we are having um, are chaotic economics. The policy, some assault that we have witnessed in the last three years is horrible. Uh, for any man, that any individual who is a little bit enlightened in microeconomic policies, you discover that there is a, a kind of some assault, a kind of policy undermined. You come up here, uh, the next policies trust undermine the first one that you, you, you propagated. Let's just look at some indices. Before mm. this administration, 2014, our inflation was 8.05. Mm. In 2015, it's before the election, it was 9.01. Thereafter, it moved from the single index, single digits. And in 2016, 15.7 to 17, 16.5. 
we prior to this administration nigeria was rated as the fastest econ growing economy in africa mm. you know that was an independent rating you know and our gdp was high if i read the index of the gdp now you also see that we are not going anywhere the economy is in a failure and the reason is very obvious this is a monoproduct economy it's a monoproduct economy it's an oil-based economy and you know there is a glut in the, in the price of, of the oil. The oil companies, the activities of the upstream has gone down because of insecurity. Mm. So insecurity economies has a, a perfect handshake. Mm. Many, many investors have taken off. Those in, that invested in oil and gas economy have all gone. And so even Shell have reduced their activities to the barest minimum because of insecurity. And so if, if we play lip service with insecurity, then you expect the economy to receive the blow. And that is what we are facing. Right now. That, Thank you so that is much. What we are facing and Nigeria. our Facebook, Dimas Bala, is saying it's not that government don't know what to do about the current situation in Nigeria, but Very they don't true. care. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to get CCTV in our schools? Can we employ the use of technology in fighting criminality? The answer is yes, but they are not interested. But Ture Samuel is saying security chiefs are the problem of this country because you can't give one family the leadership of a state and expect the other the families to be quiet about it. If the president will be sensitive about this country, we have four zones and four security chiefs. Why not divide them into zones? That will only save the masses. Nantok Nenking is saying, "Good, uh, we have a clueless government giving the different advices by well-meaning Nigerians. Still, they are bent on doing their wishes and aspirations." Semwan Gerald Megida is saying, "Banditry is a booming, is a boomerang of bad governance, and kidnapping is their business of the day." Uh, and Sunday, Simon Ashapun is saying, "The lawyer and my." Dr. Obenjua, my mother called and told me she went to her farm in Bokos last Sunday, 19 June, to apply fertilizer on her farm. But to her surprise, cattle have eaten up everything on the farm. Mm. This is one out of the numerous experience farmers are facing on the plateau. Mm. The governor and the government of Plateau State must rise to the occasion to protect farmers and farmlands to ban open grazing. Kennedy Amagong is saying, I really have a feeling there is a conspiracy theory in all this fight against insecurity in the country. Both government and northern leaders know something about it and the fact that they are all silent and serious about keeping about 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 it keeps me wondering how life will suddenly become very cheap in Nigeria. Izu Michaels is saying security in Nigeria is nothing short of a total joke to an average sane government in any country. The unfortunate federal government is more concerned about southerners and facing the terrorists under their nose there in the north. All right, thank you all so much gentlemen. If we can get last words from you in 30 seconds each and we'll wrap it up. Starting with you, Adankala. Okay, thank you very much. Um, my advice to federal government is to prioritize the main target, to prioritize what is important and forget about trivial things. We have to prioritize what is needful. We have, yes, we thank need that so is much. very important. Let's diversify the economy. Mm -hmm. Agriculture, one of the economic sources of Nigeria, this thing is under attack. So security is affecting the economy. All right, and Dr. Benjua. Yeah, my take is um, the National Assembly should rise up to their responsibility, declare Nigeria as a fair state, mm. impeach the president, mm. impeach this president. If not, we are not going anywhere. 
Thank you, Dr. Benjuel. And all we want is a land where peace and justice shall reign. This is what we have for you on the Monday edition of the program, Let's Talk. I remain yours truly, Zoe Machunga. News Top of the Hour comes up next. And after that, the Midday Show with Ogi Digbo. Do stay tuned. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.